1: Alex Patak,
2: you fucks,
1: you fucking <laughs> cuck, get Pigs. on your
2: knees. I have a gun. You little sluts. In um, a not sexual way, in a threatening way. <laughs>
1: I have a gun in a not sexual way. <laughs> this is just a normal <laughs> violence gun. Um, uh, yeah, bitch. It's been a, a horrible week. I took a lot of mushrooms the other night, and when I came, like back to earth from having done mushrooms all okay, this space. bigfoot shit was going down i don't really even fully know what happened with the story and i don't really care to I you just let know bigfoot that into your home <laughs> i feel like i let him into the universe um well, like let's introduce our guest
2: so we can hear his thoughts on bigfoot
1: okay i was gonna introduce him later but you know what fuck it let's fight Let's do
2: it let's fucking do I it i have so many God thoughts on
1: bigfoot though all right i want
2: to leave him out of the Bigfoot conversation.
1: <laughs> Please welcome to the show michael selden everyone
2: michael's here hi
1: long time
3: first time and probably second time thinking about bigfoot erotica
2: michael when's a foot too big for you
3: um it is not next question
2: bold Uh, I I saw someone
3: say online, they were saying, if this is the first time that you have encountered Bigfoot erotica,
1: you have not been online long enough. And that's when I closed my computer and decided (laughs) I didn't really want to get to that place. I saw people talking about this man having a Bigfoot fetish, and I thought that they just meant he had a really big foot fetish. Which is really a defeat, you know?
2: I, I read about Bigfoot Erotica Online. That's when I closed my computer and decided to move to the woods. <laughs> yeah, to see <laughs> I <it. hope> so. <laughs> Living To make Bigfoot Erotica. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, something else that happened this week is um, Joaquin Phoenix is making a Joker movie, and apparently they have their <laughs> eyes on Mark Marin for The Joker, maybe? Uh, that's fun. Yeah. Um, I just started watching Glow and he is really good on it. He plays himself. He's but he's better at himself than he is on the show where he plays himself. Like he's he's playing. He's playing like a heightened version of Marin where he's like he's the seventies washed up dude living in the eighties that he sort of exists as in reality now. I kinda I think the more meta he gets, the more he'll kind of rule.
2: I just like his, in, his in-game in universe in Glow is he's a writer uh, with, like, a whole lexicon, and then his, his like, secret daughter knows all of the characters. And so, all, uh, the story of all of them is like, yeah.
1: she was a bitch, and you took her down. To reiterate, I just started watching Glow. Um, <laughs> I'm on episode two. Uh well then, just <laughs> kidding. I know. I don't care. Um, I'll never finish. I it. really liked watching Mark Maron's career develop. Back when he started with the Funky Bunch,
3: I think that was like a really cool start off. But Marty. then now that he's built himself up to have this like film career and doing serious roles like the Joker.
2: Remember when he blinded uh, that Vietnamese man?
1: <laughs> that ruled. We yeah. just
2: forgot about it and Barack Obama went on his podcast. <laughs> Who could forget Mark Barack Maron Obama. and the Funky Bunch?
1: Barack Obama talked to Mark Wahlberg for an hour as the nation listened. So, Brack, Brack,
2: Brack, what'd you do on 9/11? Cause I was almost fucking there.
1: What'd you do, man?
2: I'm just imagining if you listen to this podcast, the line between our actual ignorance and our fake ignorance is like indecipherable. it's yeah, the
3: <laughs> most blurred thing on just earth. Just try and muddy the water so everyone thinks we actually know
1: all of these things.
2: Anything that's wrong, that's a joke, and um and I anything that's on right it. is serious.
1: Yeah, well, we'll do like real research. Where we'll like be like diving into some obscure country's shit, and then we'll be like. Is Mark Maron also Mark Wahlberg? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I I did Google him. I do have his picture up on my computer in front of me right now. It's not Mark Wahlberg, guys.
2: <laughs> Mark Wahlberg, good picture to have. Believe
1: me, I know. He's got
2: a great body.
1: Far too well who Mark Maron is.
2: Great man with a great body. Do you
1: do you know how I got these guys? <laughs> Uh, Do you want to know how I got these guys? (laughs) He plays a fucking blues guitar solo at you.
2: Yeah, he slams that guy's head into a pencil. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Uh, (laughs) um, Okay. The world's horrible. I'm back from being on mushrooms. Um, I don't know. Everyone's arguing on, on Twitter about whether you're allowed to call your significant other your partner if you're not gay or straight or something i don't know you're only
2: allowed to call your significant other a partner if you're a cowboy <laughs>
3: to... i thought the whole point ah! of that was that it was like providing cover for people like if everybody used the word partner it meant that you didn't have to out yourself and talking about your significant
1: other wasn't that kind of the point that's what i thought and i do it and now i'm mad that i do it because i didn't really want to do it i don't like Either of the other alternatives, but I felt like I w- I was making effort to do this, and now I'm a dick for doing it.
2: Yeah, you sis bitch.
1: <laughs> I actually haven't heard this discourse at all. This is completely new to me right now. I still I well, I mean
3: I you know nobody actually loves me, but I do still say this. In <laughs> <laughs> the idea, that I'm somebody exempt might from the fight.
1: Doesn't yeah, this,
2: doesn't this sound like a competition <clears throat> in which there is no winner? I don't really understand how you'd come out on top of this back and forth.
1: I think you should call your significant other your partner. Like you're from uh, the dirty south, (laughs) yeah. Like, but it's uh, like (laughs) Agent K and you're too boring, white people from Brooklyn. You're like, hello, this is my partner, (laughs) (laughs) Sarah. (laughs) I thought you were going for the Mark Wahlberg thing. I thought we were saying it's my fucking
3: partner. It's
2: my partner.
3: Oh no, that's pretty cool. We opened a
2: burger franchise together. We're (laughs) super fucking in love.
3: (laughs) From now on, we are both business partners and we are, you know, romantically involved.
2: Uh, Hell yeah, dude! Last time Michael did my old podcast, it was just us doing Boston accents for 20 minutes, and it's gonna happen (laughs) again.
1: <laughs> yeah. I have one joke, and it's the accent of the place that I grew up in.
2: Oh, fuck yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, so from now on, uh, the most sex positive, woke way for uh, cis people in a relationship. To refer to each other as the man refers to the woman as Donnie <laughs> <laughs>
0: just,
1: Donnie Donnie get the keys meet me in the car Donnie and then the, the woman refers to the man as Mark yes. those are the two neutral genders now I think we figured it out genders Donnie and Mark this is my Donnie <laughs> yeah
0: I'd like you to be my
3: Donnie. <laughs> Will you be my Donnie? We've been in a Donnie <laughs> we've been in a Donnie and Mike contract for
1: the past three years. Sorry, Mark. We're
2: in a Don sub relationship. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think Donnie's the sub. <laughs> Whatever. I think. Who knows Whatever. what they do behind closed doors? Uh, um. Anyway, a friend welcome... of mine put in their OKCupid okay profile that they were
3: like some, some sort of Dom sub language, and then somebody asked them to explain it, and so they explained that they, you know, like being dominant. And then this guy messaged her over and over again, and she just stopped responding, my friend. And he was like, please, stop dominating me like this. Stop dominating me like this. <laughs>
2: You're dominating my schedule. Yeah,
1: she was, like I'm, yeah, well, she was like, I'm just ignoring you. It's stop. not a sex thing. Stop dominating me.
2: You yeah. want to hear a new character I've been doing? Do it's pretty it. good. It's the uh, dominatrix who's also a doctor. All right. Uh, looking at your chart here. You're my little bitch.
1: <laughs>
2: Thank you. Uh, that's pretty funny. Pretty good.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, without further ado, Michael, welcome to the show.
2: Um, let's introduce Michael so a little bit. Now that you're back from the world of mushrooms, it's time to learn.
1: <laughs> I'm so stoked.
2: Uh, Michael is calling in from sunny California, where he runs a gonna fuck this up fish cloning business. <laughs> yep, fish you did. A fish, he makes fish in a tube and they ask to die.
3: Cool. Yeah, literally none of those things are correct, but I see that you're going in the right direction and I think that's important.
2: <laughs> Last time we hung out, uh you showed me a picture of a cell of a fish and told me part of it was its face and I believed you and then everyone laughed at me.
3: I was probably really high when I did that. It's definitely not real. Yeah, I uh It was pretty funny. So- but, uh, what we do okay. is we grow we grow fish meat to eat. So the idea is instead of getting fish from the ocean, you can get it from fish cells. So we take cells from a fish, pull them out of the fish, grow them out uh, out of the water. We just grow the meat, not the whole animal. And it's not like vegan or vegetarian. We're just like sort of replicating the process that goes on inside of a fish, outside of a fish, so that people can have fish that doesn't have like mercury or plastic in it, doesn't destroy the environment through overfishing. Uh, you don't have to kill any animals. It's just got all sorts of really nice things about it. And uh, so yeah, we're based out in uh, Emeryville, California, which is a like 20 by 10 blocks blotch of land near Berkeley, California outside of San Francisco, the worst city on earth.
2: Surrounded by technological wasteland. Blade Runner it is style, a- baby.
3: It's a dystopia. You can watch like homeless people trying to kick over those food delivery robots sometimes, but the robots are too fast, and so you just watch them sort of chase after it, and you're like, go, go, get that robot.
2: This'll be the but, time uh... to ruin a delivery. <laughs> 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 I've never seen a food delivery robot, and nor do I want to. I They're kind of cute. They sad, have like little man.
3: LED faces um, and little like Tonka truck wheels. They're fine. I've never had one deliver me any food. I think I'm
1: probably ordering from the wrong places. I am a food delivery robot. <laughs> yeah, that's well, what I do for work. And you deserve love too. Yeah. What, what and I get chased they, by homeless people too. What do you do when
2: they catch you? <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> I start podcasts with them. <laughs> <laughs> Fight about the scheduling. Yeah. and yeah, yeah, it's
2: so hard to schedule. Um, Michael is hmm. also unique because he is the CEO of Finless Foods, the high-tech uh, uh, corporation, and also a virulent communist seeking to kill y- Michael Seldon, the CEO of Finless Foods. <laughs>
3: <laughs> You've outed me. I usually don't use the term CEO because it makes me nervous and it makes my friends not like me. But yeah, so t- in, in my defense, this started as a PhD project that I was working on, and I thought that this technology was super important. And um, I basically just went to a bunch of conferences to learn more about the thing and met a bunch of people who were like, I would give you like a ton more money to do this than you were going to get before. And I was like, I can either use $90,000 a year to do this, or I can take in millions of dollars to do this. And to be clear, this is not my money. This is money that goes towards the project. I own not this. But yeah, so technically I'm the CEO. We structure the company horizontally. (laughs) I am a cog in a wheel. You know, people in America we seem to have this weird thing Canada where you, like, can't <laughs> – like, in, in America, we seem to have this weird idea where we, like, can't – participate. it's a very individualist approach to socialism where we're like, you need to live socialism in your, like, everyday ideals. And, like, there's tons of people, especially out here, who are like, yeah, drop out of society, like, live as an anarchist, like, only – You know
1: only do organizing and nothing else and I think that there Uh, are you say you're a communist But you're talking to us on my cell phone How's that work? A
2: true revolutionary would be able to be fast enough to catch the delivery robots and subsist on their food
1: You've been destroyed with logic (laughs) It's
3: the best practice
2: But, yeah, the thing is, like, I meet a lot of
3: people in Europe who are like this, where they're just like, yeah, I am a communist. I also work under capitalism, as we all do. And dropping out of the system doesn't change anything one way or another. So for me, I was like, how do I help the environment? And I was like, well, I can make this project much, much larger by using the stupid amounts of wealth that are, like, tied up in investment funds. And so it's been working so far. And uh, I am... In my work not solving capitalism at all, but I like to think that I am doing something that is good for the environment and that, that helps me sleep at night. Look, it doesn't yeah, work very well, but
2: I just started I started the business meyondes and I thought it was the the smartest way to get under the skin of the proletariat worker. You know, really feel how they feel and you know, I have a boat from that work, but it's it's good work to do, man. <laughs>
3: Is this it, it? Italian underwear entrepreneur Elon Musk?
2: <laughs> it's Dutch Elon Musk, man. Can't you tell because he says man? <laughs> Put your keys uh-huh. in the bowl, man. <laughs>
1: He's a swinger, too? Yeah, dude. This is a mashup of a lot of it's, different it, types of Elon up, Musk's. <laughs> this oh. is quite a bit.
2: A synthesis <clears throat> of Musk's. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hmm did you see the picture where grimes is looking like his horse girl 14 year old daughter because that shit rocked yeah i didn't even understand that it was her for like the first six times i saw it (laughs) yeah me neither i was like oh he has an older child (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah that was real gross who
2: did he test the small submarines on you wonder Yeah, so Michael, he lives these contradictions in a way that are very uh, uh, Marxist and powerful, and we respect his research, and he's here to tell us today uh, uh, some updates about um, some parts of government you may not think about, like the Food and Drug Administration and the USDA. I don't know what those things do. I subsist on the edges of society, kicking over delivery bots and eating their grub.
3: Yeah, and also, uh, you know, kicking over delivery bots is only half the fun. I mean, there was that protest the other day where a bunch of people, like, threw those stupid scooters in front of the Google bus, the bus that only is for Google employees to take them to Google. And so they were just like, it's a win win, you know, Mm -hmm. either the scooters are destroyed or the bus can't continue. And either way, we don't
1: care. I saw people were setting those scooters on fire. There's, like, an Instagram account dedicated to it. You know what I learned recently that, like, I, I at first
3: was like scooters are bad and then i listened to a podcast about like how you know they could potentially be taking people out of ubers and lyft and like helping the environment And i was like scooters are good and then after that i learned that on average i think it's the the bikes not the scooters but they destroy them and make new ones every 120 days because they're so beat up and so disposable and i was like oh scooters are bad again and now i'm back to where i started which is scooters are bad Um, but yeah the fda and the usda so you know the reason any of this would be interesting, I think, from a leftist perspective, is like it just talks about uh, the gigantic regulatory machine that the government is. So, you know, in America we have like a very, very safe food supply. We actually have uh, one of the safest food supplies on the planet. It's like one of the only things we're good at, and um, this is in most part thanks to the FDA and the USDA. Thanks, FDA and USDA. Why um, The problem with this. Uh, Because they do lots of things. I mean, the FDA approves uh, new food products and ensures food security. It also ensures the safety of our drug supply, which is super great. Um, And then the USDA does inspection of – they do meat mostly, and so they they inspect facilities. They go on the ground and, like, look at where your meat is being made if you eat meat. uh, I personally don't. But they look at that and make sure it doesn't have – too much feces or too many diseases or whatnot. Make now sure how there's much much in is too conditions. much feces. <laughs> uh, it actually, there is a number. Um,
2: I don't know it off the, the top of two, my baby. head. The number two, baby. Feces. It's three boot fills. <laughs> they can fill three of your boots
1: okay go on yeah sorry three
3: three three boots of poop for per 458 pounds of beef is considered acceptable <laughs> we use the imperial system so it's all in boots <laughs> um, um let's see anyway so yeah, basically, you know, we have this new industry coming along. We're basically like, hey, we're making meat, but it doesn't involve animals. And so typically meat is regulated by the USDA, um, but new food products go through the FDA. And so everyone's like, what is supposed to happen here? This is sort of weird. Um, the FDA put out a statement saying, don't worry, everybody. Hold my beer. We got this. We're going to regulate this. Uh, and everyone in our industry was sort of. Like, oh, good, they've decided. Because usually, if the FDA puts out a notice like that, it means that they've communicated with the USDA and made their intentions clear. Turns out that is not what happened. The USDA then came out and was like, well, fuck you, buddy, we're going to regulate the whole thing. And so the FDA was like, um, I'm paraphrasing, but they said something along the lines of, nah, brah, we're going to throw an entire whole day meeting about this thing and you're not invited. And oh, so the everything. FDA. A big meeting and they had like a panel of experts and like the, the FDA commissioner himself, Scott Gottlieb, showed up and uh, it was a whole to do, which actually ended in a lot of really hilarious things. But basically, <clears throat> because of that, the White House, um, I don't want to say Donald Trump because like it was a memo written from the White House and it's like it doesn't seem like he wrote it. If you know
1: what I mean there. He
2: can write.
1: (laughs) It's not like in all caps and shit.
2: Just because he has big, strong
1: arms. Cloned fish. (laughs) Sad. I've cloned more fish than this.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was more like he was like, these two agencies, or sorry, the White House, was like, these two agencies can't agree on what to do over this? Hashtag sad. If it were Trump writing it, (laughs) But, uh, so, he was just like. Well, what we're going to do is instead we're going to dissolve the FDA and put it under the USDA, which has been a threat from the right wing for like decades. Like the, the Ron Paul Liberty Caucus people have always wanted to get rid of the FDA. I remember in high school defending the FDA because I really, really didn't want girls to like me. Oh, you and I was dare. just telling people, oh, I know. I was like, the FDA <laughs> is super important. Didn't we read the jungle? And shit? food
1: matters man it's
3: important food justice is a big deal and it didn't get me very laid but it was still a very cool thing to be involved and think about um i use the word cool very you know lightly there i didn't want to use that word i'm trying not to say the thing (laughs) um and so the l word and so uh yeah, wow. basically, you know, the Republicans and the, the the libertarian right have been trying to dissolve the FDA for decades now, and it's never happened because it's a dumb idea. I mean, it it just isn't a good plan. Can't you just um, hear Ron Paul what...
2: saying, like, what are foods but another form of drugs? <laughs> put them in one place! <laughs> and then
3: just well, their whole gun. thing is, like, you know, the market will self-regulate, and anything that uses something that hurts somebody, people will find out pretty quick and then not buy it. And I was like, but that means that instead of testing it, in like a testing facility you're just being like if someone dies we'll take it off the market which is not good and actually bad
2: i got two teeth left i named them checks and balances
3: <laughs> thanks or ron or, or rand whichever paul you're trying to be they uh it's so yeah basically the White i was like we're gonna dissolve <laughs> the fda put it under the usda this is not super likely to happen um but it would be not great especially um for new food products one of the main things that comes out of this is basically like the FDA um, is a science-based organization that uses like testing. It's a, it's a a very government-based organization. It's very impartial. um, And they care only about food safety and that's it. And they're like food safety, food security. That's it. We want to be like as self-reliant as possible in America, but like really it's about just making sure the populace is safe. Whereas the USDA is more of a trade organization. They have a lot of things in their charter that are about protecting American industry and, um, you know, moving forward with like marketing uh, of like American products. And so it's more, it's more tied in. And so the it was interesting at the FDA hearing, um, there were two different cattle ranchers associations, and they argued with each other kind of one was like, this should not be called meat, this like new cell culture based meat. Um, and so no one can ever use the words. And it was like, it definitely can be called meat, which is cool, because we've been trying to get them to use that word forever. Like, it can definitely be called meat. Say it. Say the words.
2: Radical Islamic meat.
3: It can be halal meats if you want. And so it got a... They're trying to get it basically regulated by the USDA because they know that they have much more control over the USDA. They know that they can really um, influence that in a way they can't with the FDA and so the the big ag lobby, which is called the barnyard, they just uh, sent a message. To, yeah, <laughs> no one knows. It's just a historical thing. It's totally you know, we have all these things.
2: complicated uh, acronyms that accurately describe exactly what you're talking about. And then together they meet at the barnyard outside the White yeah. House in the Lazy Names uh, part of town.
3: What's it stand for? Please don't do all the letters. It's so long. It's like eight letters.
2: It's uh. uh hey, what's on. up? This no. is the Joker. Don't. Welcome to
1: the Barnyard. <laughs> I got Barack Obama here in the Barnyard. I'm holding <laughs> him hostage. Batman's gonna come get him, but first, Barry, what makes <laughs> you move? <laughs> Stamps.com. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, it's one of those podcasts. I didn't. I, you know, I listen to lots of pods, pods. Damn America, but uh. Yeah, we I make a lot stamps? of money
2: we're <laughs> just uh, we don't record in a vampire's house and we make a lot of money yeah <laughs> Those <laughs> Those definitely true <laughs> uh, yeah so that's the barnyard um I'm, yeah I'm so like, uh no, you i mean
3: gone. i feel like i'm throwing a lot out a, a lot out there it's kind of a lot to digest but basically i think this has a lot of intersections that are like interesting as a leftist like you know we have an entire organization that's a part of the u.s government that like you know, is susceptible to money in, in, in a very direct way. And that, like, their exact mission is to, you know, protect American industry. And, like, we are threatening American industry, which, you know, technically we are American industry. We do live here. Uh, I know California is different. But kind you're not of, real right? not Americans
2: because you wear <clears throat> under Because I'm a Jew. I know. Yeah, oh, and you're yeah, a Jew. <laughs> Your hats are, <laughs> like, like, they can't even hold one gallon. it to my face, <laughs> <laughs> they're yeah, like one-ounce hats
3: The very small hat My mom knitted me this hat when I was a child uh, Growing up in Brooklyn I and was so... told not to call
2: yarmulkes one-ounce hats But I am standing my ground <laughs> <laughs> here That's
1: really brave
2: Thanks You gotta stand for something
1: Or you'll fall for anything yeah. As the country song goes
2: You're my best fucking friend
1: Alright mm. <laughs> One uh, ounce hats. One ounce hats. Solid fit. Hat. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear the
2: reviews coming it's good.
3: <laughs> Like the pod, not the hats.
0: Cut yeah, out yeah, the hats.
1: Yeah. Um so Where were we? Uh,
2: We were talking about the barnyard. Um, It's a a matter of, you know, what the priorities for these different organizations are, where one is science and the other one is money and trade and protecting invested industries. And no offense, Michael, but it sounds like your cutting-edge new industry, even with the new money coming in, would be crushed under the spurred boot of old rancher U.S. money.
3: Yeah, you know when uh, when people ask us, you know, like what's your what's your uh, mission as a company, I always say not to be crushed under the spurred boot of the old ranching economy.
2: It's car so damage and pierce damage.
3: Oh, sorry, my bad. And and so it's I don't know the, the the meeting I thought was hilarious. I mean, you had my favorite was like this woman from the milk lobby came up and she was just like the FDA has taken a coward stance on labeling, letting anybody <laughs> use anything that they want and creating a no holds barred utterly utter chaos of a market and i was like what is she talking about and i was like oh she's talking about the fact that people are buying soy milk yeah. that's her definition of chaos,
1: chaos. <laughs> warriors come out and play clinking a soy bottle <laughs>
3: Anarchist America is just soy milk flying off the shelves um, because the apparently one they're to see still. Shelves.
2: Warriors, man, that'd be fucking sick. It's <laughs> yeah, just like everybody's a lot shit. leaner. <laughs> <laughs> they run it small distances and they take breaks.
1: Living, you're, you're just
3: you're just talking about San Francisco. You're just talking about the marina. It's not that great. It it's kind of garbage. <laughs> it's not. It's bad. <laughs> I, you know. Uh, I know we we talked this for a second about sorry to bother you before the show started. I won't give spoilers about it because not everyone has seen it, including Jake, especially Jake. But
2: especially one of the Jake. things
3: I love the most about the movie,
1: especially Jake, has he's especially not seen. I've
3: especially um, not
1: seen this movie.
3: Yeah, well, this is for you then. I like the thing. Something that I really liked about it is that it's set in Oakland, and it constantly is showing people living in tents and living in their cars all the time. And like, I think if you watch that in another part of the country, uh, you might think that it's sort of like an exaggeration or it's just like a, a stylistic thing. But that's that's nope. absolutely no, that what real. it is like to live here. Yeah, uh, I mean, like it's it's everywhere, and it's really wild how like it, everyone is just adapted to like there's tent cities all over the place, and like my neighborhood is next to a tent city, and uh, and it it's.
2: I'm kind of surprised you guys haven't all been like killed in the streets. I visited my brother in downtown LA, and uh, you can't like go in any bar, coffee shop, whatever, without like the homeless people following you in because there's there's more oh, yeah. of them than there are of you. you yeah, know? I, they
1: know the numbers. A couple of years ago, I like was walking somewhere in LA, and I uh, I got lost, and I just ended up on Skid Row, like walked through like a Somebody mile stole your bike of there. bike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I walked through a mile of, of like a tent city, and it was like the most jarring (laughs) like fucking disturbing thing ever but uh since i've been back like it's you know it's not just confined to that one part of the city it's just kind of like normal now yeah it's everywhere here and it's like the the rhetoric and the way that
3: people talk about it is so intensely fucked up it's always like how do we like clean up the streets how do we like clean up they always talk about like the feces and the needles which are everywhere and are you know, not my favorite thing, but it's like, how about we talk about the whole, like, I don't know, people living outside thing. That's my least favorite aspect of this whole bit. And the thing is like, I mean, it affects these people. They don't even think about it. I mean, like we've already gotten our house ransacked. That wouldn't happen if we didn't have people desperate and living on the streets or like this, this big investor guy tried to run for mayor and he's, he's kind of out of touch. And like his whole thing was like, we are going to put out, um, did, actually, his platform was hilarious. he was like, "We're gonna put out uh, decoy cars that have gold jewelry lying in them. So when people try and rob them, we'll have cops waiting around the corner to arrest them." And he how was do you even come creep. up
2: with that? What the well, fuck?
3: <laughs> so in his defense, no, nah, not in his defense. The reason why is because he <laughs> is like just a rich Silicon Valley dude who doesn't know what actually happens in the city, and like everyone's car gets broken into constantly like bay area culture is like you take your backpack out of your car every single time you leave nothing in your car and you put all your seats down so that everyone can see into the trunk it's total like fetal position like please don't hurt me time but the thing is you know it was wild that people had to explain to this dude that his mayor his main the main plank of his mayoral mayoral campaign was entrapment and that that is illegal and you can't run
1: on that he's like but i have gold We'll have fake free houses.
2: They go in the houses. Surprise, a big clamp comes down. Gets them right there.
1: Solve the problem. Trick them with gold.
2: (laughs) I know one thing we have a lot of, my friend, and that's bars of gold. And boots of feces around the street.
1: Uh. They go in the beef. (laughs)
2: <laughs> they all go in the beef, uh, just at acceptable levels.
1: These um, homeless men must pull themselves up by their feces-filled <laughs> boots. <laughs> <God damn>. <laughs> <laughs> Tis the American dream.
2: Um, so, Michael, I, I guess um, f- at this particular point in time, I know I've spoken to you before, uh, when maybe when your business was just starting and you seemed maybe more pessimistic about the 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 future of. Um, meatless food and uh your industry does it seem like it's perked up at all uh it seems like investments um had an uptick
3: yeah i mean it's been wild um there's tons of money being poured into it by all sorts of people i mean we've you know uh, bill gates and richard branson invested in like the company three streets down from us who is like three years older than us um just a lot of money pouring into it, which is good i mean this is something that like really does need to happen um one way or another. I mean, we can't feed the planet with meat. It's just not going to happen. One-third of the land in the United States is used for grazing already. And, like, cows are horrifying. They're the single largest source of greenhouse gas emissions on the planet. And, like, people are like, well, we should switch to uh, grass-fed cows. And it's like, that's cool. That would take nine times more land or something like that. It would just take up more land than exists in the entirety of North America.
2: You feed it's a gigantic cows mess, seaweed, and, so. and that negates their methane release. Haven't you been on Reddit?
1: We give the yeah, cows uh, Tums. Just like a bunch of Tums to help their stomachs from farting to- that's what helps me. And when the part I yeah,
2: that's Tums break
1: up
3: methane. That's that's how that works.
2: The part of this too, and like I eat meat and stuff, but what I would really like to see an end of is the never ending cow and chicken holocaust that happens
0: <laughs> that I don't think
2: about but does really bum me out when I think about it. <laughs> Um which it seems like scientifically maybe we're approaching a point where like that could you know, like it maybe, doesn't have to happen anymore. Or it can't yeah. anymore
1: after a while, given how much water it's taking <laughs> out. Yeah. Um yeah, I've yeah, heard, he, heard that like uh that's the thing. a relia- like a, a direction that a lot of this food production is heading in is like poke bowls and shit like that. Like Poke okay, bowls. Like, <laughs> like um more seafood-based meat even mm. is something that, like, is more viable just economically <laughs> once this whole thing yeah. starts to fold in it's, with the cows and It stuff. doesn't
2: really work either because we're going to kill all the fish. <laughs> <laughs> they're already... We already did that. So yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: the thing is, there is
3: no way to increase uh, wild-caught seafood production. So if you're into eating a type of fish that is not uh, able to be aquacultured, of which there are many, um, you're, you're shit out of luck because we um, – the oceans are – Every single fishery in the ocean is 90%. 90% of the fisheries on on Earth are completely tapped out. There's no way to increase production about them. A lot of them are actually already in collapse, and so we're going to actually have less of a fish supply than we currently do. The only thing that's really stepped in to take this place is aquaculture, which has done an incredible amount, and and I don't want to knock it too hard because it is an awesome environmental measure, Um, but it comes with its own set of problems. Like, aquaculture does use... A considerable amount of, like pesticides, herbicides, fungicides, insecticides, those leach out into the surrounding environment. You know, aquaculture, uh, which is farming fish, it happens offshore in these gigantic nets in the ocean, and uh, you got to dump these kind of chemicals into them to make sure that the fish actually survive.
2: Does that happen on the Trash Island?
3: It does not happen in the Trash Island. Fun fun fact about the Trash trash
1: Island. You talk about the Trash Island
3: is a really
2: good. <laughs> hey, <laughs> New York podcasting. <laughs> That's uh, East Coast Trash fun, island.
3: The fun fact about the trash island in the Pacific Ocean, I love it because it's so big and it's so scary looking and it's like, hey, we're doing this to the earth. But what people don't realize is that is less than 2% of the plastic in the ocean. So as horrified as you are about the trash island, like buckle in, it's so much it's worse than that. The size of Texas. Yeah, and it's
1: that's fifty times that as all the plastic in the ocean. I will and not so- have you boys bad mouthing plastic trash, Texas. <laughs> uh, it's just as sacred as regular Texas. It's bad
2: bad news for people who don't like plastic in the ocean. Good news for people who like things big. Yeah, and people
1: like Texas. Now there's another one, and it's you know. <laughs> made of trash and it's in the ocean it's Hell pretty cool yeah,
2: brother he stole it from Mexico. i really hate that all
1: these plastic trash hipsters have moved into plastic trash austin and Plast- really ruined the what? local season. plastic <laughs> trash austin in the 70s was so cool you used Beer to be able cost- to buy
2: records at this part of the ocean
1: yeah yeah now it's a uh, plastic smoothie place
2: All the fish are doing yoga.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The fish used to be cool. The the fish cocaine used to be better.
2: Now they're all fucking dead, man.
1: Yeah.
2: Nothing can live there, right? That like poisons everything for miles and miles around.
3: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nothing can live there. And then also the other thing that people uh, that that people don't think about in terms of plastic is its effect on human health. Because like if you're getting a fish from the ocean through aquaculture or not, it's probably gonna have some plastic in it. And like. We have thoroughly studied the effects of plastic on fish physiology. It's like really, really bad. It's like altered biochemistry, altered metabolism, even altered social patterns. Like the fish aren't even like hanging out the way they used to because they're so filled with plastic. And uh, it... it can't. Sorry, I mean, can't all these things.
2: I'm too full of I plastic right now. I, I gotta go home. The
1: thing is, like, Aquaman there have been just no has a giant straw on his throat. Just <laughs> <laughs> out there, like, <laughs> 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 this is the fucking head caught in a soda can ring. <laughs> Jason Momoa, you know. Yeah. That yeah, that's what this is all about. Making sure that Aquaman doesn't choke.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: we gotta keep America's enemies in check, folks. Folks, Aquaman, he has a whole kingdom. Who has one left? Just him. (laughs) He's one of the best. Is he an enemy? He's doing very well, and we're doing very badly. You know,
3: I've seen videos of Aquaman celebrating in New Jersey after that plane hit the towers. It was really (laughs) (laughs) just an indictment. He's waving his trident in the air. Yeah, him and his gun friends
0: coming into my neighborhood.
3: (laughs) yeah hole heads as we call them <laughs> yeah we're gonna, gonna build a, a wall <laughs>
2: you come home with a goddamn hole head i'm banning you from the family <laughs> we're gonna head.
1: build a sea wall they did that in galveston to keep the ocean out uh they <laughs> had to build a second Makes one <laughs> <sense>. <laughs> They just kept getting uh, hit by hurricanes anyway go ahead uh yeah basically like there have been really no studies on the effects of plastic on human physiology
3: and we're just like eating stuff that's filled with plastic. We have no idea what that's doing to us. It could be doing—it could be affecting our social behavior as an entire species. We have no clue. And uh, those studies won't happen for a while. And so I always say, people like make fun of me for this. I'm like, I think fish is going to be the next cigarettes. Like doctors used to prescribe them for all sorts of stuff. And then we figured out like, man, this is like giving us cancer. Hmm. I think that's going to happen. But with fish, maybe to a lesser degree, it's really impossible but to
2: They know. have such sweet vitamins <clears throat> in there yeah
3: they do but the thing is the more vitamins they have the more plastic they have all the things that we really like about fish the like long chain fatty acids those are not produced by fish they are bioaccumulated so that means is like they come out of plants in the ocean that are then eaten by the low level of fish and then you know like each fish will eat some of the plants and then one fish on top of that will eat like 50 of those fish so all of the um the long chain fatty acids that like got stuck in that one fish now get stuck in the next fish and then one fish eats 50 of those fish it all gets like you know, it's like hundreds and hundreds of fish worth of um, long-chain fatty acids end up in like those apex predators like tuna. But the problem is that the exact same mechanism that plastic and mercury travel up that as well. So the more
1: good stuff you're getting, the more bad stuff you're now getting. so fish the-
2: are drinking Mountain <clears throat> Dew.
1: <laughs> the next thing you know, you're at a doctor and he's handing you an X-ray and it's just an X-ray of a DVD box set of Frasier that's inside <laughs> of you because you ate a bunch of fish and it repurposed. Um. You're saying that like it's a bad thing. <laughs> We're talking
2: <laughs> uh, old Frasier, not new 2019 Frasier. Uh, that sounds
1: great. Flawless show, I agree with Michael. Um, the bit is flawed because uh, who doesn't want to listen to Frasier Crane? And Niles go at it all the time. Crane, Crane! But, uh, so, with this sort of, uh, I mean, how would you describe this? Is it cloned? Is it synthetic? Like, the, the fish material you're making, does it solve this problem? <clears throat> the hope is that it can solve a lot of
3: these problems. So, um it isn't it isn't cloned so what we're doing is is just imitating the exact process that goes on inside of a fish outside of a fish so we're pulling out this cell type that can grow out um and it already exists it exists inside of us it exists inside of fish but we're pulling them out from specific species and the hope is that if we can take this and grow it outside of a fish instead of inside of it that means that we can stop all these problems at the same time because the idea is that people would switch to this since you know our logic is people really care about how much their food costs and what it tastes like. And we're like, well, we're gonna be cheaper and we're gonna taste just as good or better because it is the exact same thing, even on a cellular level. It's not really, you know, it's not like a vegetarian replacement type thing. It's not like the Impossible Burger. It's like a real uh, chunk of meat.
2: Now, what will you be doing for customers who are looking for the suffering in the food?
3: (laughs) um, They can know that I work at the company
2: hey oh, that's true they can know that you have to clock in on Mondays they can talk Ugh. to my
1: ex-wife okay. <laughs> uh, it's a podcast that's for men that's <laughs> that you think I have to clock in on Mondays
0: uh.
3: <laughs> All right. uh, but yeah uh, the suffering contingent you know I, I can they can I don't know do they want to come over and beat me up like I'm kind of not doing much like most weeknights
2: I feel like you can only do so much for the uh, uh, consumer and you're already breaking the mold of science, which I think is enough.
1: So to be clear, this is like a just a, if the process works correctly, you're just sort of growing fish meat. Yeah. That then yeah, exactly. can be used to just to substitute any dish that would be, you know, fish based.
2: All right. We're going to cut out what you yeah. said and then put it in the beginning of the episode when I said he was cloning fish and we're going to sound really smart. Okay, all sounds right. great. <laughs>
1: I, mean, I, I heard you at the beginning. I'm just trying to like clarify because you said he's not yeah. cloning fish. Um, so it seems like there's a really specific way that this needs to be defined.
2: It's a taboo against We're, God. Well, it needs to be legally defined well, which because is you got all this, right this well, shit going well, I mean, on with
1: the FDA and everything in the USDA. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess I'm just curious as to why it's uh, why there's specific language around exactly what this is, what the process is.
3: Oh, money. I mean, the, the language is basically just that the people who currently make meat don't want us to take their market share. That's really it. Okay. Uh, there's no scientific reason to call this anything else, which is, I think, why they've changed their tack. They've realized it's sort of a losing fight to say this isn't meat because we sort of brought up the argument like, look, if you're not going to call this meat, I mean, especially for us, since we make fish, like people who are allergic to fish are going to be allergic to this. So it's like, if you're not going to call it fish, you're actually making a very dangerous situation for a lot of people. And the FDA, um, you know, their whole thing is safety. And we said this at the meeting. So they were sort of yeah, like, so it I'm seemed like they were sort of listening
2: to that. Fish and wet cow. <laughs> the new word being wet cow. What? God damn it. <laughs> what the fuck is that? I don't know, man. <laughs> you know, you got to give fish another name, man.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. This is the new
3: wet cow. So... Yeah, we there's no reason you know, we to call a fish it with a with it a it.
1: pH, you know? Please don't.
3: <laughs> you know, uh Trey Anastasia taught music at my middle school, so I've met him, um, but didn't really know who he was because I was in middle school and it was only old, when I was older that I was just like, "Oh. Oh.
2: <laughs> God <it." laughs> <Damn. clears throat> Um yeah, I'm looking at the the Politico article you sent me which before it gets to your quote has a quote from maggie nutter a cattle rancher in sweetgrass montana who's arguing She was upset she was upset and did it in a very cowboy like way you could hear her Mm -hmm. stomping her spurred boots behind the paywall um their goal is to eliminate animal agriculture they clearly state that how can you not feel some animosity she said spitting into a bucket (laughs)
3: <laughs> the thing is it's totally fair that's the thing so like all the other people that are in my industry they're sort of like well you know progress whatever they try and do some sort of elon musk like propaganda type thing but for me i'm like you know i've like done labor organizing like i understand like what these people are talking about and the reality is just like we live in an economic system that hates innovation like capitalism is anti-innovation we've created like large industry that is against new new technologies that are better for the environment and better for us coming in and helping out so it's like it you know in talking to these people the people who are against us are not the large corporations for them they're just like we want to make money and we want to make money doing the protein production and that's what you do so that's fine but like the cattle ranchers unions are the people who are really against this and it makes total sense i mean this is their whole livelihood and it's been their livelihood for generations but I mean, the the metaphor that I bring up is like, well, I mean, that's the exact same argument for coal miners. And like, yeah, coal miners have been doing it for generations. And like, it's affected their health, and it's been their entire family history. And it's just this really awful thing. But like, we can't keep mining coal, we have to have a form of renewable energy, or else we're all going to die. And it's like, it's sort of this short sighted view of like, well, our livelihoods are going to be destroyed. And it's like, that you know is awful and we need a different economic systems that we can help these people. But on the other hand, we're about to have four degrees Celsius of warming, which is going to create genocide on a global scale for anyone who doesn't have tons of money, who lives in any moderately hot area. I mean, I don't know if y'all saw, there was like this whole um, map on Twitter going around of like what the world would look like in terms of food production um, after four degrees of warming. You might be on different parts of Twitter than me, but it, it was basically like we're gonna make food in Antarctica and food Siberia. Production <laughs> <laughs> food production Twitter is lit, and by lit <laughs> I mean there's. <laughs> and by lit I mean I got astroturfed by the ag lobby last week. There's a bunch of people Twitter that the defaults, like 200 followers down. or
1: less. I don't know yeah, if you saw this uh, like, this picture that was going on around on uh, my end of Twitter, but it was. Um, if uh, Knuckles from Sonic had a huge dick, uh, that's pretty much the whole point of the picture. Yeah, it's red, <laughs> like, but more than normal. Yeah.
3: It wasn't going to make it on a food production Twitter, but, you know, I think uh, Richard Branson has started counting as part of food production Twitter, and he did post it, so it made the rounds. If
2: cool. you can uh, curate that sausage, I think it could be something that makes it online. Uh, But Uh I I guess it's just strange because if you zoom out, these people are going to fight to the death for jobs that are, I I mean, they need them to survive, but horrible. Like, the guy who goes to slaughter a thousand cows a day can't really be that emotionally attached to that fucking uh, uh, job.
1: Well, the the coal miner thing is an interesting Mm -hmm. point because, like, yeah, it really, you know... (laughs) really shows you a lot about the people being pitted against each other in this problem and how like the only real solution would be some sort of reform of capitalism on a very broad scale. Like if Mm. these people wouldn't have their backs against the wall, if they, if we had a society where, you know, they were able to sort of rely on, I don't know, UBI or something like that, some sort of safety net to get out of, you know, Living in a weird incentivized place where, yeah, I mean, they do have to, you know, I got to go perpetuate. into this cave
2: today or I die.
1: Yeah, right. you have to perpetuate this industry. Um, and I think that's just like that speaks to like late capitalism, you know, um, or even early yeah. capitalism. Yeah, and the thing is, there, uh, I uh, I don't even like using the phrase late stage
3: capitalism because I feel that capitalists use that as a way to sort of be like, oh no, that's like crony capitalism, which is not what we want.
0: It. Yeah, yeah, right, and it's like, right,
3: right. nah, it's all the same thing, but. I mean, there are systems that you can build that aren't even inherently socialist that can fix this. Like, it, it doesn't even need to be like this. And, and I think that socialism or communism would be a solution. But, like, there are things that we could even do now and that happen now. I mean, in Sweden, they have great, um, like, uh, job programs where, like, if you lose your job, you get retrained. And people there are amped to get retrained because they're like, cool, now I have a new job. I was bored of my old job. And, and they're, they're like, well, all retrained
2: progress. as DJs.
3: <laughs> I wish. And then there's a, I mean, Alex knows this from when we used to, like, do stuff with Democracy at Work with Professor Richard Wolf. But, I mean, there's the, the Emilio Romana in the north of Italy. And, like, they've got that awesome system where, like, if you, you know, lose your job, you can either take three years of an unemployment check or you and nine of your friends can submit a cooperative business plan to the government and create a co-op. And so they've, like, transitioned their economy mostly to co-ops at this point, which I think are you know, inherently Marxist, and they've also uh, made it so that people don't really care when they get unemployed, and, like, Italy's economy is sort of tanked, but the, the north of Italy, where this this policy is in place, is still chugging along pretty well, because it, you know, one of the main problems with capitalism is that it, like, siphons money from poor people into this international bourgeois, but, like, with co-ops and places like that, we can at least slow the tide and, like, keep money in the community because it doesn't get just taken away by these investors.
2: Do you feel like your industry that you're in, um, in America, with all of the money coming in from these huge capital investors, Bill Gates, Richard Branson, people like that, can be, you know, maybe not at this early stage, but later yanked into a cooperative direction? I know you wanted to form as a co-op and couldn't.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it definitely could. Um, Right now, it's very difficult because we're still trying to figure out even like the basics of the research. You know, like we can make... This as food, but it's intensely expensive and not fit for anybody to buy it. I mean, like we're still right now working at like six thousand dollars
1: per pound. It's like no one can afford this thing right now. So we're trying oh, to so sell it. You're selling it at Whole Foods, I see. At Whole Foods. Uh,
2: da, 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 More like whole paycheck. Sorry. Damn. And
1: the-
3: <laughs> I tried to lean away from the mic for that. The <laughs> that uh, there is a really cool organization that's doing this because um, you know there's. My original thing was I had like a grant to do a PhD in this and then realized that like if I dropped the grant Somebody else would pick it up and do the same work But this money from investment capital wasn't gonna be here unless I like pulled it in So I felt like a more thorough allocation of resources But the organization that I had originally sort of like gotten this grant from was called New Harvest and they're actually in New York They're really cool Alex. You maybe have even met the executive director. Her name is Isha. She's great and uh, sure. They basically like yeah, whatever I've like invited her around before she's very cool. I have a great cool. memory yeah, apparently. So, she and what they're doing is like at first they were saying this can't happen in the private, uh, the private capital sphere because it's such a long-term R and D project that it's like, how the hell are we going to convince these investors to get on board with this sort of thing? They're kind of our shorter-term thinkers. They like these little apps that they can build and just sort of shoot out spurts of money into their accounts really quickly. And this is a much longer play. Um, and so the original goal of New Harvest is like, well, you know, we'll. The, in the public se- sector. And like all research that has really mattered has started in the public sector. It, there's a great documentary on that called um, The Smart State. But anyway, they've sh- since we've got so much investment, now investors seem really into this idea. Um, New Harvest has shifted its focus and said we need to make this open source. And we need to make it so that anybody can make this. I think that's an awesome idea. And once you know enough research is done in the public sector, it's a bit slower, um, but basically what we're trying to do is just get this out there as fast as possible to stop environmental collapse um, and then after that, we the hope is to make this more open source.
2: <laughs> right, okay. So you got a long-term game plan there.
3: All of us, together, yeah, you. together have a long-term just, game plan. A, yeah.
2: Like all communist movements, a conspiracy run by the Jews. Me! <laughs> but they one-ounce hats! That's a callback, so we don't cut it. <laughs> I like that, as opposed to
1: a 10-gallon hat, which is the... Uh, <laughs> the opposite of that hat and probably you know the guy wearing it doesn't take right. kindly to one ounce hats it's a the mega keeper
2: it's a dialectic in a way it's a thinking man's joke <laughs> <laughs> researchers look at this joke and they nod and they scratch their chin <laughs> all right mm. so um what else can we talk about in uh the 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 world of food production what are the other hot button issues right now <laughs>
3: are are you asking me yeah Um, i'm just kind of thinking out
2: loud
3: yeah um i mean i can sort of talk about the fact that like food production people talk a lot about like how um food is so important for environmentalism and how we need to like feed the world but these are actually kind of two separate issues like there are people who are starving and that's super important we should be producing food for them and then there are people who are destroying the environment, which is us. Like, the top 10% of people on Earth are creating over 50% of the lifestyle of greenhouse gas emissions, and a lot of that is in our food. So it's like, yeah, it's important to change the way that, you know, we're eating on a large scale. But even if we can just change the way that, like, which people eat? Like, the top 10% of people on Earth, I think it's like if you have $33,000 per year or more, you count. So it's like most of the people um, in in this uh in this podcast and most of the people that we interact with on a day-to-day basis um so basically you know what we're producing at first at finless is like a it's going to be at first a luxury product and people are like why does that actually do anything And the answer is you know i would love to make this like a mass market thing as fast as possible but it's really difficult we're trying to drop prices luxury product makes sense at first but the thing is like you know for example in san francisco um finless makes bluefin tuna and so in san francisco when you eat bluefin tuna that's not coming from here we don't have any bluefin tuna population offshore. sure we are getting our bluefin tuna from the philippines mostly and the philippines because range of we, shit. it's that long-range bluefin and so like we have been essentially stealing the food that has been in their water for generations and taking it for ourselves because we have more buying power because of colonialism and imperialism and all the horrifying things we've done to the Philippines, like at the genocide and all the other really just bad times we've given them one way or another. Um, and so if we can even just transition these like rich San Franciscans away from eating bluefin from the Philippines into eating it from uh, I don't know, say, uh, producing it on land using cell culture. Maybe I'm a little biased. But mm. even if we can just do that, the Philippine people can like reclaim their waters and start using it for food again instead of changing their culture to have to eat things on land like we forced them to. It's, and so yeah. there's, there's a lot to be said for creating more sustainable, I guess, luxury goods because they are creating massive issues. I mean, the biggest example of that is like the diamond, the ultimate luxury good, the ultimate problematic thing, right?
2: The hardest, shiniest rock. Um,
3: Yeah, and the most creating of wars in Africa, except for, like, uh, maybe cobalt. I I don't have numbers on that. I shouldn't talk about it.
2: Yeah. Scratch that. We don't know about Africa. But here's the thing is I don't really know about bluefin tuna either because I've been eating it for decades. I just the other week saw, like, a picture of a bluefin tuna. It was just from, like, a fishing magazine. As a joke, I was reading a fishing magazine while I was waiting to go into an office. They're fucking huge. You know how big yeah, a tuna is? It's like six feet long. It's fucking giant.
1: Uh, I no they're idea. actually beautiful.
2: Distant, they're called the
3: jaguars of the ocean. The
2: jaguars of the ocean. Cool. We're eating ocean We're, jaguars to death.
3: They are apex predators. They are massive. They're too fast for sharks to eat. Um, I one time uh, went to a lab they where they had... A, what? Do they have teeth? Uh, well, That's a really good question. I'm not 100% on that one. But they uh, probably... They... Uh, I went to this lab um, where they had them in a tank and they were like, do you want to watch us feed them? I was like, absolutely. And so I went up on top of this really tiny gangplank on top of the tank and they threw a bunch of squid into this gigantic tank of blueprint and they swarmed. It was like that scene in like Austin Powers or James Bond where he's being like lowered into the shark tank or the shark tank with lasers on their heads in Austin Powers and yeah. like, it was wild. They were just like in this feeding frenzy for this squid. And I was like five feet above the tank um, That's like two meters for all three people who listen to this from somewhere other than America. And crikey. they were just like, <laughs> I don't know if they use meters in Australia or not, but they were... Uh,
1: crikey, that's a meter. It <laughs>
2: Japanese crikey. <laughs> oh, by the way, while you've been talking, I did Google an image of bluefin tuna teeth, and uh, yeah, they got them.
1: Crikey, I'm Australian Elon Musk. <laughs>
2: they have like kind of a scary amount of teeth. Tuna? Oh. Be frightened of tuna. I guess that's what I'm trying to encourage the listener right now. Uh, they're different than you think, and uh, it's fucked up that you bite into my them. My employees they bite
1: you. try to form a union, so go to my <laughs> kangaroo, uh, hop around uh, the factory, jump in the pouch. Jump up,
2: kick you in the mouth. You know? That's it.
1: That's fun. Try yeah. To
2: form a union on me. All right. I'm really glad that you solved the
3: issue of, like, you know, we were talking about this the other day because we were just like, there's all these new Elon Musk accounts, and we are like, there's a very small range of, like, uh, types of people that are funny to make fun of, but not <laughs> racist. And we were trying to just brainstorm. We didn't come up with
1: Australians. We were just like, man, Italian is such, like, a good yeah. They're like white people, people who are criminals. Yeah, no one yeah. gives a shit if you make fun of Australians. Yeah, they punch <laughs> we totally kangaroos. forgot about that. <laughs> I didn't even think Beautiful about it. the really racist <laughs> angles you can go with
0: that. <laughs> I, spent a lot of my I found out something
1: wild the other Australian. day.
3: What was that? Uh, or I found out something wild about racism in Australia. So you know what they call rednecks in Australia? What was that? I hope it's good. Uh, they, call them, they call them bogans. I don't know if you've heard that word before. <laughs> bogans. And so uh, all the people that I know who are Australian all use this word bogans to refer to just sort of like backwards people. It's kind of a classist term. I mean, it, it's, it's crappy on its own. But then I met somebody who was doing like uh, nonprofit work in Papua, New Guinea. And he was like Australian and he was like, Yeah, I work in Bougainville. I was like, called (laughs) Bougainville? Like, that sucks. (laughs) It's like, that'd be like a town called Hicksville. That doesn't exist, right? That'd be crazy. (laughs) That would be a bridge too far. (laughs) Yeah, I'm glad we don't have that. So I was like, that's nuts that it's called that. Like, is that related? He was like, actually, yeah, the term Bougain comes from the fact that there was a civil war in Papua New Guinea that particularly devastated Bougainville. And like basically blew them back to the Stone Age, which is why we do all of this nonprofit work there. And basically, Australians started doing a lot of work there to try and help people. Um, but the main problem in Bougainville was that nobody knew how to read, and so they started using that as like an insult because all the people there couldn't read, and it was sort of. <laughs>
2: Get oh, wrecked. So there's dude. like a l- devastated fucks. <laughs> yeah, there's like a
3: lot of levels of bad shit going on in there, basically. But yeah, the word bogan turns out super problematic.
1: Most people listening just probably didn't reason. even know there was a word bogan. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm sure I might stop saying it. I'm not real sure. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say I'm gonna it, keep can't on be, saying it I'm brave. It can't
2: be as bad as any of the relations <laughs> Australia has with any of the indigenous people. <laughs> but who knows? Yeah. Indigenous people like the dodo.
3: Okay, I've got a really deep cut. I'm going to change my Twitter handle to Australian uh, Sailor Socialism, and then I'm just going to say the word Bogan a lot and say that I'm brave for saying it. That joke's going to crush with the seven
2: people that. (laughs) Australian Adam Friedland's going to be pissed off.
1: (laughs) um well michael before we uh wrap up i mean do you have any uh any other big sort of points about this you want to make or any <clears throat> any spiel any thesis oh please don't guillotine me i don't know i like um... <laughs> look it's
2: too late for you
3: <sighs> it's fine honestly. i deserve it You've already no, I mean, um, the Bogans.
2: You're drinking Soylent until you throw up, you said. That I was off mic, but you said it. <laughs>
3: I do throw up every time I have Soylent. I am not suited for San Francisco, which is the worst city on earth. I think, um, I mean, you know, if, if I were to, like, plug anything, New Harvest is awesome. They're a nonprofit. They put money to Ph.D. students doing work in this field, which I think is super important. I think we should be trying to end animal agriculture i think we should be trying to create a more just food supply that can create you know like a stable secure healthy food for everybody i think we should probably try and stop the genocide that will be caused by four degrees of warming um i think a lot of these things can happen with this technology and i know that capitalism is terrible and the scourge on the earth and i'm i'm totally on board um but you know i want to take every angle possible to to work on this and i and i think that you know uh i don't regret the choices that we have made uh in, in in doing this and uh Please don't flame me into oblivion.
1: I already am being astroturfed too hard by the egg
2: lobby. <laughs> by carnivores.
1: <laughs> by yeah. the fucking barnyard or whatever. You know what Be, I really Being harassed I by the, the that uh, cartoon that played on Garfield with all the weird barnyard animals and the egg Oh, kids and yeah, shit.
2: yeah. His barnyard friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the cow and the sheep and uh-huh. they all talk and they have issues. Sheldon. Sheldon. fucking blown up Michael's Sheldon. Twitter. Um, you know what I realized is we've never had a guest with money do plugs before where they're like, here's a nonprofit I like. You don't have to buy any <laughs> yeah. shirts I've made. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I don't have anything. Own, like, <laughs> Run my band don't camp or I'll anything. be killed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: Please, so if you're a leftist, be friends with me in the Bay Area. I hate <laughs> the Bay Area. It's filled with the worst people. I need friends. That's my plug. I don't have any, any shirts <laughs> yeah. to sell. That's
1: a good uh, plug. Yeah, we get good guests. Friend plug. <laughs> um, well, uh, I, friendship. I uh, <laughs> eat meat, and I think I, uh, if I had more money and if I had better ethics, I probably wouldn't. Um uh, the money thing, I think, plays into that, but I also
3: yeah, totally can, kind of
1: aware that like yeah, <laughs> in a better world, I wouldn't be eating this. So I am very excited for there to be grown meat in this way uh, that solves the ethical problems because I like eating meat, um, but it's bad uh, as discussed. Yeah, so I'm excited. I for think the, most uh, people agrees with that. People like meat; it's delicious.
3: There's nothing wrong with it, like on its face, and like hamper. you know, this whole idea of like we need. We need like veganism, and veganism is the only way to do this. It seems like a very individualist solution. I'm like surprised that it pops up as often as it does in leftist
1: circles. Like, yeah, because know, I mean, it's, I, I it's like you know, based on what you individually consume, etc., or like you know, trying to start a restaurant or something that does just the one restaurant somehow spreads veganism. Yeah, I'm no, yeah. into mean, big, big, like top down solutions like that. So that's a really cool. We idea. should
2: incorporate a, a, a thing into Marxism like they have in Hinduism where people uh, are outraged by the idea of you eating meat, and if they even think you did it, they'll kill you on the street. You know? <laughs> and then you spread it through a society. That's the wholesome way to do it.
0: Yeah, that would Indian probably. Indian food's work. good
2: as hell. <laughs> uh,
3: wait, um, well, we can. Not do that? Let's not do that.
2: <laughs> Listen, yeah. this is plugged. Oh. I'm plugging Hindu style meat killing.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and plug cannibalism. Um,
2: <laughs> Shout out to Cannibal Holocaust. Uh, great ideas. Great execution. Yeah. Cannibal Corpse. Great band. Cannibal Corpse. Very cool. All about cannibals today. Um, I don't know. I'm just going to plug my Twitter at Patak Jokes. And uh, I don't know when this is coming out.
3: Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. I have a Twitter. Mike Seldon FF. Like, follow me there. I tweet about agriculture and its intersection with leftist
1: politics because that's a, kind of an itch thing. Cool. One
2: of the best ways to get into food production
1: Twitter. Follow Mike Selden <laughs> at Mike Selden FF. <laughs> Um If you're from the barnyard, you know, continue to harass him and uh, sort of moo and cluck at him as he's on his way to work in uh, the Bay Area on his um, robotic unicycle or whatever I imagine people yeah, used to get around unicycle. out there. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Tell <Totally laughs> the trip. With your
2: one wheel bag.
1: <laughs> um, thank you for listening to the show. Uh, thank you, Michael, for joining us. Um, yeah, I got thank you for having me. all the regular plugs, you know, bonus episodes at uh, patreon.com slash America. I've been told that we you can't search us on the website very easily. I'm going to get on top of that, but if you go straight to uh, patreon.com, so, yeah. Uh,
2: in the episode description, too. Yeah, you yeah. Just click on it. It's
1: there. You can find it. You just you can't use the search bar on that website for some reason. They're
2: trying to take us down by having a terrible app. It's like,
1: you can't... Also, you can't look up Cometown on there, and it's like, why do you think you can't look up Cometown on their fucking search bar? Look, look. We're renegades. We're rogues, all right? We're hated by Who came up with Australian
2: people. Elon Musk? Yeah, It was us. Yeah,
1: bitch. We're... Fucking uh, breaking down barriers and walls here. And I'm gonna Google and see shocking if exists people already. with our new ideas. So uh Pod just, damn the dark web. There you go. <laughs> so type in the letters individually and then come subscribe to us and give us money and listen to our extra shit. Hell um, yeah, pimp. You got anything, Alex?
2: Uh no, just the Twitter.
1: Cool. All right. Well, uh I think that's the app for the week. Uh thank you for listening. I'm very tired. I have a summer cold. I'm going to go pass out with a little rag of water on my head. I'll see you in my dreams. Later, fuckers. (laughs) All right. All right.
0: Pause.
1: Boom.